What's up everybody, Jim here with Terry Schwartz who's kind of changed her, her look well, a little bit this week. I do, we do have the same tattoo. We have, yes. both have the Deathly Hollows tattoo. Well, Eric, Eric Goldman sitting in for Terry, she is a little under the weather. So you're bringing you bring that signature verve of yours. I didn't know I had a signature verve. You but do. Uh, all right. You do. You got the energy. You got Moxie. Okay? I'll, Moxie. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> so uh, we, we, there's not a lot of like huge news this week. Yeah. But there are things that we like to uh, just kick around, speculate on. Terry and I came up with a, a phrase last week, uh, speculation, mm. where you just, I think it's all self-explanatory, <laughs> but pretty yes. much sums up the internet. Um, so let's just dive in. Let's start uh, with talking about a little thing that's near and dear to your heart, mm. Star Wars. I've heard of it. Yes. Heard of that I'm franchise. familiar with that. Yeah. Yes. It's uh, uh, Gwendolyn Christie said that Captain Phasma will indeed be back for episode eight. Mm -hmm. Somehow get out of that trash compactor. One, how do you think she did? And two, <laughs> what do you want to see them do with her in episode eight? A, I don't, I don't know if they really went through with the trash compactor thing. I mean, that, really? that's, that's actually super sadistic if you think about it. It really is. Can you just see Finn and Han just like laughing maniacally? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if they actually put her in a trash compactor. I don't think they did. I, think I just think did. that Hux had to be super quick, running around, had to grab Kylo Ren, he had to grab Phasma. Yeah. He had like an agenda, but he's like, I, gotta, I, gotta <laughs> I, need my, I need my two key people. Right, right. The rest of y'all can die. Yeah, episode you eight, know. guys, we gotta get <laughs> out of here. You know, sure, we have a giant base full of an entire army of people, but I need those two. I need those two. Uh, yeah. And yeah, you know, look, we assumed uh, that, you know, she would be back. Uh, I think, you know, I agree that considering how much she was sort of hyped up in the actual movie, she's just kind of standing there. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at the poster you put up on our wall in the office where she's like aiming her gun. I'm like, she actually never actually uses that gun yeah. <laughs> yeah. as a fight scene. But I actually thought of it kind of akin to, I, I know I'm going to make a prequel analogy, but it's kind of like Mace Windu who was like in Phantom Menace. And it was a big deal. It's like Samuel Jackson's going to play a Jedi. And then he just like sits there and talks. But in the next movie, <laughs> he got to decapitate Django Fett. <laughs> he got to do some stuff. <laughs> Uh, so I think that uh, I'm saying that Phasma is the Mace Windu of the. Uh, she <laughs> the, might the be. I mean, I think yeah. people wanted her to be Boba Fett, but also, you know, let's face it, Boba Fett wasn't put to particularly great use in the oh, movie. No, no. no, he his oh, mystique. No. You know, I mean, I know, no, I agree. It's just like I think his mystique grew because he looked awesome. Uh, I think they know with her. I think they will deliver. I think yeah. she's gonna. I bet you anything, she does get a standout action scene in the next movie. Do you think we'll see her without her helmet on? Did see Finn take off his helmet, and yeah. she was very much like, put that back on. I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks it'd be kind of cool if you never did, right? Yeah. Like, because there are people, again, again, going back to the prequels, it's like people are like, maybe, you know, what if we had never learned anything else about Boba Fett? The coolness of Boba Fett was his mystique more than anything he did in the movies. It was yeah. just like, he yeah. looks awesome, man of mystery. Now we know everything about him. We know what he looks like without his helmet as a kid and as a growing up. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I think probably, yes, the, to answer your question, probably we will eventually, but I'd kind of be cool if we never did. Yeah. You know? She's just... Maybe we just see it like if they decapitate her and it rolls out. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah, and then winks like the end of Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> yeah. well, now, do you think that we could see actually, uh, because there's going to be a whole 
universe of Star Wars movies until yeah. the day the Earth ends. Mm -hmm. um, do you think we're going to see a Captain Phasma solo film, a spin-off film, perhaps? Too early. Right now, I'd say no. But yeah, never say never. I mean, yeah, as we know, yeah, Star Wars will never end. Uh, there was that article I was mentioning a few weeks ago that said, basically, you will die not knowing the end of Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> which is true. true. Sad, but true. <laughs> a grim, but true. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, come 2028 20, or so. Yeah. You know, Phasma could get her own movie, okay. sure. Uh, now, uh, before we you know, move on to some, uh, we, we have kind of a theme this week about villainesses. Mm -hmm. So we're going to try and keep to that theme. But episode nine, Colin Trevorrow did recently say that, one, he would like to shoot in IMAX, and two, shoot IMAX sequence in space. In space. In space. What do you think? Uh, do you think he could actually pull that off? Uh, I certainly, I guess, if anyone's going to do such a thing on a scripted film, a Star Wars, Lucasfilm, Disney movie would be the, the size project. At the end of the day, though, it's not like this movie doesn't have enough big <laughs> things to deal with. Yes. Giant sequences. I mean, wasn't uh, doesn't uh, Nolan want to shoot in space? Hasn't he said yeah, that? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, I have a feeling that that's how, say, somebody like James Cameron's going to die. That's, he will die on Mars filming a movie. Like, he, there's this, he's never awesome. going, he's never going to die Not because he's death. dying, you know no. what I'm saying? Like, I'm he saying will be just, yeah, eaten yeah. by a giant, you know, prehistoric animal under the sea, something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Episode 9 actually shooting in space. And to what end? Because it's cool to say you if did it. If it shoots in space, it will also shoot on film. They will not shoot in That's digital. That's true. So you got to lug all that stuff up into space. But at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I, I, are they going to, like, shoot some actors into space, you know? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> to do it? Or is it just going to be like, oh, we shot space backgrounds, and then we're going to put some ships. I don't know if it's Why really worth it. Why do you need it. that for, though? You don't need, they, they, cool, but... In the movies, it looks like space. We've believed for almost 40 yeah, years we, now that they're really in space. We're, we're set on space. <laughs> yeah, I think don't, it's okay. Don't endanger yourself for a movie. Exactly. Uh, now, let's move on to uh, a different villainess. Mm. Rita Repulsa from yes. Power Rangers, we found out this week. Elizabeth Banks will play her in Lionsgate's movie. Go, this go. This is glorious. Do it. Okay, <laughs> this is, why? This is wonderful. Um, I think, you know, her playing it is, it actually it tells you a lot about the movie, I think. Yeah. I think it's going to get a lot of people on board who never would have seen that movie. Yeah. Because it's like, okay, we know what we're doing. We see, you know, we can kind of embrace the humor and camp here. I don't know, you know, how do you approach Power Rangers as like a big movie? They want to be mainstream, they don't want right. this movie just to play to the Power Rangers fans, even though there's 20 plus years of them. Uh, so casting her just, it just, it makes you feel confident that they're, they know that they want this movie to have a legitimate sense of humor, get someone on board who's a very likable, funny presence who right. can go for broke with it. It, and even thinking of the character, uh, you know, the fact that she was played by an Asian actress aside, um, it, it, she seems like it. Like, you could see her playing that going so big and the maniacal laugh part of it. Uh, I was so happy. I was I saw this. Uh, I was at Disneyland the other day uh, for work. Uh, but I saw that. I saw uh, someone tweet that out. And I was like, that's amazing. That's great. I was already very curious about this movie. Just like, how are they going to do this? But that's the first you know, because all the uh, people playing the Rangers are unknown for the most part. Yeah. But her, it's just like, okay, yeah, this 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 could be really fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kind of her chance to do her Maleficent, I guess, yeah. because of the horns. But, like, she also, uh, you know, 
she was Effie Gray, right? Yeah. Or not Gray, right? Effie Trinket or whatever. I forget. Yeah, now, why am Something I like that. It Effie from yes. Hunger Games. She was definitely Effie. For the same studio for Lionsgate. And that was also a very broad oh, character. Oh, sure. But there was some heart to her, yes. too. So, you know, and I, from my reading up on, on Power Rangers mm -hmm. yesterday and, and Rita Repulsa, um, she kind of becomes a good guy or some some right. if you try i'm not going to try to explain to you the mythology of uh, <laughs> let's just say it goes into it goes some places okay it's 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 an intricate mythology jim you're not ready for <laughs> um, i'm really not people this is like i'm trying to wrap my head i'm like she's what as I someone who enjoys power rangers ironically uh <laughs> Yeah, I think how ironic. Why, why is it ironic for you? Well, because I was already like too old to be like a kid who was just like loving it. I just thought oh, this is so goofy. What is this Japanese footage mixed with like <laughs> stilted acting and really cheap effects? Um, but uh, that were shot, you know, in, in some park in America. Uh, so uh, it's just so bizarre to me and interesting. And I love that it's gone on for 20 plus years and has like a weird loose continuity that it constantly, constantly contradicts itself. Uh, but, and I, I still want to know, because I talked to Orsi, Roberto Orsi, like two years ago, but he's now left the project. But at the time he was saying like, yeah, we kind of know we have to kind of be true to that mythology. And I'm curious how they handle in this movie the burden of all those 20 plus years, is it just a straight reboot or is there some weird nod to like, like Star Trek, right, the right. alternate earth, like, you know, Possibly. this has all happened before. Well, I, I, I also think. wonder though, like the, the fact that this movie is supposed to be a cornerstone of a new franchise. Yeah. I, what if it doesn't work? Will oh. they just go anyways and keep making them just because it's name value? I mean, but. I mean, I guess if it makes enough money is your answer. I mean, and there's always those series I was just saying when that you know seeing ads for the third Divergent movie, it's like which is a series that I Another I haven't lines even, yeah I haven't seen any of, and I don't really know particularly anyone who's that passionate about it. Uh, but it's like it exists, it's out there. I know it makes some money. Yeah. Uh, but Power Rangers, I mean, obviously it has stood the test of time. I mean, it, and it is <laughs> a multi generational thing at this point. As funny as that is to say. Uh, so I think the movie has a good shot, but it is going to be tricky to kind of nail that right tone that is, you know, they, I, I if, think. If there was a non-Power Rangers movie that you could compare tonally what they should go for, what would you say? I'm, I'm going to say off the, off the cuff of my, you know, off the top of my head, Guardians. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I almost feel like it should be something like that, like, because you want it to be an action-adventure movie, but you kind of want to constantly play with humor in, in it. But also like winking, knowing humor, and address probably the the cheap, weird roots of it. You know, I think it, it may be a little meta. Not too can't the whole movie can't be that. It shouldn't be the Brady Bunch movie. But I think that there can be little nods uh, at, that I think maybe they'll they'll sneak in there. Now Rita Repulsa is a, from what I understand, sort of a sorceress, or yes. she's you know she's been trapped in a in a space dumpster for ten thousand years. Yes. Well, yes. on a similar note. Hella from Marvel yes. has been good. trapped in hell. Or oh my God, good transition. I know, I am the <laughs> segue. Uh, so, Cape Lanchette, uh, 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 is it uh, Taita, uh, Taika Watiti? Is that how he says I never the director? His name, yeah. um, he wouldn't confirm or deny that she, Cape Lanchette, is playing mm -hmm. Hella, but uh, let's just act like she is because I'm pretty sure, like, probably, you know, like you yeah. look at Enchantress, I don't know if they really want to go there, especially with uh, Suicide Squad already having Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, but Hella brings the sort of stature that, mm -hmm. that I could see Blanchette having fun with. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had pitched her uh, in, a, in a feature about why she would be great to play, you know, Mistress Death to mm -hmm. Thanos. 
close enough. She's yeah. you know, goddess of the underworld here, right? So, Queen of hell. Um, what do you think, though, of, you know, if she's, first of all, of her and that character as the first true Marvel villainess, mm -hmm. and two, sort of, you know, there's there does seem to be some juggling going on here with Thor Ragnarok, because you'll have, you have Loki, you have to settle that all that Odin business. Yeah. You have Hulk, and now you have Hela. Yeah. And you have Thor, and you have Jane Foster. Yeah. So, just thoughts, please. Uh, you know, I think, assuming she's playing that, you know, no matter what, it's great she's in the movie, she's an awesome actress, she'll bring so much to it. If she's playing Hela, that's great, it seems sort of perfect, I can see her just killing it. <laughs> Being, <laughs> killing uh, uh, I'm gonna go there. Being hella good. Hella, hella good. Bad. Blanchett is hella good, raves Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I think that'd be great. You're right. It sounds like a busy movie, but you know, so do a lot of the upcoming Marvel movies. I mean, yeah. Civil War yeah. sounds insane how yeah. busy it is. Uh, and then who, whatever Infinity War is. At so. least Ragnarok seems to have more of a sort of like, well, there's a logical reason why all these players. Yeah. Sort of, you know. I think, you know, Marvel's a funny company because they play it really co close to the vest and they don't kind of openly admit their faults. Like, you know, they don't, they don't have very candid interviews uh, about things where they went wrong, even if you kind of feel that they know it and are course correcting. Yeah. Uh, and so that being the case, I, I think they've heard at this point the, you know, your villains aren't great thing. And especially coming off Thor 2, which I didn't hate Thor 2, I actually enjoyed a lot of it, but uh, Eccleston's so wasted. Like, yeah, you know, no. so wasted as Malekith. And that was uh, a cool character in the comics. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, did nothing in that movie. Do you so. think, do you think uh, Hela's gonna have that, I mean, she's gotten an increasingly skimpy outfit recently in the comics. Like, what what sort of outfit will she have? Will she It'll be a more of an amalgam, you know, and they're not gonna wanna cover up her face like all that much, yeah. so. Uh, but she'll probably have that sort she'll of. She'll come out yeah. wearing it at some point and then remove it, like Thor wore his helmet for two seconds. I still want him to put that damn helmet I, in back a, on. In one battle scene? Can we get come one battle on, scene? Come on, man, that's like his thing. Um, but you know, you're right, like Loki, of course, is their sort of big success story in movies. Uh, it seems like the Netflix shows now have given people a lot of, a couple of great villains. Right, right. Uh, but in the movies, Loki is the villain they've created. Yet the fact is, is that he's also like, you know, pretty, conf not conflicted villain, but you know, there's so much back and forth with him and Thor's brothers and maybe that there's still love there. So I still think there is room to deal with the Loki-Odin thing because she'll be the villain of the yeah. movie. Uh, it, well. In the comics though, isn't she, at one point, they thought she was, Loki, oh, she was supposed to be Loki's daughter. And then they kind of yeah. went back from that. Now I think so. I think so a little. But you know, you know what? I, also, I was thinking just as I was talking about Loki. It actually, they're, with Loki, they're probably going to end up doing in the long term what exactly what's happened with Magneto in the X Men movies, which is ever present, sometimes helping, sometimes betraying. Yeah. And this yeah. like big yeah. back and forth. Yeah, like, you know. Oh, you're at it again. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Watiti also said that you know Thor has to be the most, the best character, the most interesting yeah. character. So that's another thing right there. I feel like we've spent a lot of time with Thor. I think he's, I don't think he's terribly interesting. Mm -hmm. I think he's fun for what he is. Mm -hmm. I think he's best when he's a fish out of water. Or bounce, just, I don't know about fish out of water, but bouncing him off, I'm not saying, saying he doesn't have to be that, though that is fun too, but I th just think bouncing him off like normal Joes, even if that normal Joe is Captain America, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. just like, yeah, that, that dichotomy. This sort of dichotomy. pompous nature kind of, you know, it's a yeah. nice foil. Yeah, and that's why I think that's what Hulk will be there for, yeah. you know, to kind of give him that character. There, there was other... also, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, just, just saying someone not from Asgard, because otherwise it's either Jane Foster and they're in love, or it's just other Asgardians, so it's just Thor talking like Thor would to his I fellow mean, Asgardians. I, why, why is Jane Foster still in these things? Like, they're not doing anything with her. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think, I doubt, I don't think they're going towards the she becomes the female Thor thing. Well, also, so. too, like, she, um, Marvel hasn't really done a great job with, like, the female kind mm -hmm. of, quote-unquote, love interest in their movies. I mean, I feel like, Peggy Carter is the exception of the rule. Maybe it's because they never actually did anything. Like they never. Yeah. I I think they kissed. That was. I it. mean, I think they've Maybe. done. I think they've done pretty well by Pepper. Uh, you know, again, as someone who's a big fan of Iron Man three, I, I like the stuff they did there. Even though you kind of always want them to go that next level, it's like they they teased in Iron Man three her putting on the armor and saving the day at the end. But will they actually have her become rescue and like get her own suit? I don't think they're that. doing that. Yeah, nope, and it's the same that. with Jane Foster and Thor. It's like they don't quite get there. And you're right, Peggy is the exception. Who's yeah, kind of really been able to have her own adventures. I mean, the fact that Gamora too is uh, Gamora. Gamora. I, I always say Gamora, but Gamora. Yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> the fact that she can be a love interest slash teammate. Anyway, yeah. So it's like you. You're already kind of dealing with her, so I think that's probably an easier sort of transition there. But yeah, I can't say that they they've done you know a, a terribly great job at like. Uh, it'll be curious to see what they do with Agent Thirteen in, yeah. in uh, Civil War. I mean, at least Gamora was not. I mean, even though he was flirting with her, I mean, yeah, she was just a member of the team, a capable member of the team. She wasn't like the girlfriend, you know. She yeah, was like this assassin. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very excited for Ant Man and the Wasp. Like, I, I think yeah, that's gonna that, that, yeah. not to mention Captain Marvel, which it seems very far away right now. But I'm sure <laughs> time will move quickly and it'll be here. Now uh, we want to hear your your guys' thoughts about uh, what do you think about Thor three? Is it a little crowded? What do you want to see them do with with Hella? Let us know in the th uh, your thoughts in the comments. Uh, let's move on to a different Marvel property, Fox Marvel property. Talk about very briefly X Men. Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Singer announced this week that his next movie will not be a sequel to X Men Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, also for Twentieth Century Fox. Uh, I love the old Disney one with uh, James Mason and Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Peter Laurie. <laughs> wow, you, I didn't know you You can't did a say Peter Laurie. Mean impression. Peter Laurie. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Laurie, if you guys don't know, was basically like, he was a, a cross between like Andy Serkis, Christoph Waltz, and, and uh, Gollum, you know? Well, well, I guess Andy Serkis is Gollum, is so Gollum, there we huh? go. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, what do you think that means then for the X-Men franchise? I mean, we have Gamba coming up. Deadpool's poised yeah. to be a, a hit. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably going to do, they've talked about doing Deadpool and Cable as a mm -hmm. sequel. So uh, are we going to see the X-Men movies kind of go on hold for a while then? I, only in that, because I, I think Singer even said, uh, maybe in the past week or two, or has indicated that, that he doesn't see Apocalypse as the last one he's directing. Uh, but I, I you know, look, look, he made two of them back-to-back, -back, very close back-to-back. -back. Yeah. They came out, only two, Apocalypse coming out two years after Days of Future Past. There's never been an X-Men movie that quick. And I do think it's because they're now launching all these other sort of spin-off yeah. movies. And for the first time, and, and knock on wood, it looks, things are looking promising for them. Yeah. So I think, I think it's more likely, like, like he's gonna move into 20,000 Leagues this fall. I think the idea is they'll probably have another X-Men movie out three years from now. Yeah. Uh, X-Men branded in the right. interim will have, yeah, Wolverine 3, a Deadpool sequel if Deadpool goes well. Uh, yeah, you know, I a mean, lot of stuff. Do, do they you think do. cable then? Do you think there, if they do Deadpool and Cable, is that basically the launching pad for an X Force movie? I mean, they were talking about X Force yeah. movie, and and we're gonna get, actually get to 
well, we can just, what the hell, let's throw it in now. Yeah. Like, New Mutants, Josh Boone. Right. Is, uh, the guy who did Fault in Our Stars. Big X-Men fan. He's going to do New Mutants. He's supposed to do The Stand. That's on hold. Yeah. It's a big year for all the stuff they're doing with X-Men. Don't forget, um, it looks pretty much like Legion is coming to TV this year. You want to tell the folks who's playing Legion? Uh, uh, yes, except that, uh, oh, I, I, for a second, I just completely uh, blanking on his name. Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Thank you. Or yeah. as the UK get it going, Hashtag fist Dan Stevens because they wanted him to play Iron Fist. They had a whole campaign. Right. Now he's not going to, no more fisting of Dan Stevens. <laughs> Which is very funny because, besides what you're saying, uh, <laughs> uh, IGN writer Matt Fowler really wanted Dan Stevens to play Daredevil uh, initially before Charlie Cox was cast as a role. So Legion, you know, is coming to FX. It hasn't been officially picked up the series, but they've pretty much said it's almost definitely happening. And Singer's one of the producers on that, yeah. uh, along with Tim Berg and Lauren Schiller. Now, for the folks who might not be yeah. following the TV side of things as closely as the movies, mm -hmm. How tied will these be? Because Legion is Professor X's kid. Yeah, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah, because... It's uh, almost like we work together. <laughs> having wrapped up the TCA press tour, the Television Critics Association press tour a couple weeks back, I asked the head of FX that very question, uh, and he said they are not in the same universe. Uh, which I uh, boo. Which I, I booed, and then I did... I understand then you, why. Then you, you, you withdrew the boo? I withdrew the boo only because I, I understand uh, as much as all the knocks the X-Men franchise, which I like, but there's rightful knocks about how the continuity is all over the map and what oh, a mess yeah. it's been. And I think the idea coming out of Days of Future Past is to stop that yeah, and to fix yeah. it going forward. That being the case, then you've got the question of the TV shows and should they connect? And, you know, you've got DC and Marvel have treated it very differently, right? Mm. Where DC's doing, no, it's a different universe, but Marvel's like, it's all connected. It's all connected is great in theory, but it gives you a lot of restrictions. And, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. always has to deal with the fact that, no, they can't have Iron Man just show up. And, no, they can't say this happened because it would change everything in the and Marvel movies. the movies still can't acknowledge that Coulson is alive. Yeah, or, right, exactly. <laughs> and so it's all weird. So I can understand with Legion, especially because you've got Noah Hawley, the creator of Fargo, who's so acclaimed, running it. it the show is about Professor X's son. Professor X will probably show up at some point. For them to say, okay, yeah, but we have to make sure we work that out. Is McAvoy going to be available? Is Stewart? When's that going to happen? What Could will they affect? bring back Patrick Stewart, though? I mean, that would be kind of fun, have I, him kind of show up. I, maybe, but I think they won't. I think the idea is, because it was the, head, a of, new bald the head of FX was like, yeah, it's a different universe. In the X-Men movies, everyone kind of knows that mutants exist. In this show, it's really just some people in the government. Yeah. Uh, and as much as I kind of was like, ah, oh, it's too bad, I, I get it too. It yeah, just gives yeah. them the freedom it gives them as a TV show to not have to worry about everything happening in the movies. They also have Hellfire, right? Which yeah. Is, is that going to be the Hellfire Club then, basically? Yeah, that, that one's a lot more class? ethereal, and we don't know. I mean, that, that one's, whereas Legion is about, like, we just got the casting of Dan Stevens, Aubrey Plaza, and Gene Smart all joined that to pilot too. It's filming soon. It should probably be on the air by this fall if they pick it up the series, which it sounds like they will. Uh, Hellfire Do is. Do you think they'll show it at Comic Con? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, at least it'll it. be at Comic-Con. Uh, I don't know if they'll show the whole pilot. Line up now. But I think they probably will. Uh, but yeah, Hellfire is way more in the early development stages. No pilot ordered yet. Uh, and the people who were all writing it all just left to do the 24 spinoff, 24 Legacy. They were all 24 writers to begin with. Yeah, so Fox not a good time. Move, I mean, it's all in Fox. And Fox was like, oh, we're doing this 24 thing. Get back to that. Uh, but they said that, yeah, Hellfire is not going to probably happen in this. It's, well, it's definitely not happening in the current pilot season. So that sounds a ways off if it happens. Whereas yeah, like Legion, I bummer. think we'll, we'll see Legion in a few months.
All right. Well, let's let's move on to some some starting dates here. Wolverine three yeah. is going to start filming in April in New Orleans and New Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, Hugh Jackman's last hurrah as Logan. Yeah. Uh, Avatar two. <laughs> it's going to start filming. They say they're making in it in April in New Zealand. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Singer made two X-Men movies in the in in between the time of this one and that. Yeah. I was joking uh, last week, like the Allies won World War II faster than Cameron has been able to make an Avatar sequel. I know, but you know, I mean, and everything we snark about. I mean, I, I think. I think this will happen, unlike these, you know, this will never happen. It is funny how it keeps getting delayed. But Cameron is Cameron, man. It was <laughs> such a huge, the, the fact that he didn't do a scripted movie in between Titanic and Avatar is pretty insane yeah. anyway. Which was like, what, uh, uh, 12 years or something yeah, like that? Yeah, it was a long time. Yeah, uh, so time it's no going to happen. And even as cynical as I am about like, oh, what's the, it doesn't seem like there's any fan base there. Like you don't feel like Avatar had any cultural, like pop culture footprint anymore. Which I, I do believe, who knows? It's Cameron. The guy has made the two biggest movies ever, so yeah. don't rule him out. <laughs> um, you're talking about uh, pop culture imprint and, and yeah. sequels and stuff. Uh, uh, Alien Covenant yeah. is going to start filming this year, I uh, believe in April in Australia, but no, no me rapish yeah. this time. It's interesting. And it's going to take place uh, like 10 years after. Prometheus, so they're really trying to distance themselves. Yeah. From Although Fastbender's David will be back. Right. So it's basically they're taking like you know the the one thing they feel like everyone loves from that movie. Uh, I'm also a Prometheus fan, by the way. I'm just gonna defy the internet left and right here. Uh, but I am a fan, but also saw some issues with it. It definitely feels like yeah, they are just it's a sequel, and yet they want to so much. The second they retitled it and put Alien in front of it, you're like, okay, yeah. we are we are. We've got ourselves a requel, a reboot sequel. Yeah, even though it's so funny because it's it's Ridley Scott the whole time, and it was already his weird prequel spinoff of his own series, but now he's turning it back <laughs> in. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's this a strange is how situation. stuff gets screwy continuity-wise, like yeah. X Men. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, Transformers Five <laughs> starts filming in May, so you know. I know you're very excited about very, that. Very, very excited. What, you know I love what those would movies. you like to see in I don't Transformers love those movies. 5? <laughs> um, well, how could they turn clarity, the ship around for you? Uh, <laughs> I'd like Narrative, to see a believable uh, character. Human I'd like to dimension. See, yeah. I'd like uh, to see the robots actually look like you know discernible beings and not weird. Do you want to joke shit? about the uh, the Optimus Prime stuff that we we joke about in the office? Oh, just <laughs> just the, the just you know because we were laughing about the end of, of Transformers Four, which I reminded myself is like Optimus Prime shoots and kills Kelsey Grammer. Granted, <laughs> he's a bad guy who's about to kill uh, Marky Mark, and uh, <laughs> but it's just the fact that like they've taken Optimus Prime, who is such like the paradigm of like like the paradigm of like. A warrior for peace, like you know, He's I will. A knight. Yeah, I will yeah. fight when I have to, but I'm about peace and equality and freedom. <laughs> and in these movies, he's just freaking tearing <laughs> his enemies apart. Yeah. He is shooting, ripping out blood. hearts, yeah, taking yeah. off heads. He is the Punisher. He is yeah. Optimus Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah. So the end of Transformers Four, which was, uh, oh yeah, the end of Transformers Four was Optimus Prime shoots and kills Kelsey Grammer and flies off into space. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm see ya. You know? <laughs> I'm out of here. Screw yeah. all y'all humans. Uh, but yeah, they're doing it. One, so, well, yeah. if somebody had told me years ago that uh, I would end up liking a, a series called Fast and the Furious more than I would a Transformers right? movie series, mm -hmm. Fast and Furious, Vin Diesel and, and Universal have <laughs> announced that 
You, their <laughs> fast aid is coming up. It's going to be set right. in New York and Iceland. Uh, but here's, here's the tagline that uh, was put out there because it goes up through Fast 10. Two decades, 10 films, one saga. Mm. Fast 9 coming out April 19th, 2019. Fast 10 coming out April 2nd, 2021. So yes, that'd be 20 years after the first one came out. It's insane. <sighs> insane. Absolutely insane. I mean, it's funny, it's not like, like, you know, it's not the only franchise to go that long. Obviously, Star Wars uh, and Mission Impossible started yeah. in 96. James but, Bond. Yeah, but, but James Bond, now. of course, has the much more different sort of constant, like, you know, yeah, reinvention. reinventions. Star Wars was has these long periods of being dormant. Won't happen anymore, but it had the, <laughs> the two. And Mission Impossible, there's been these giant gaps between sequels. Yeah. So the fact that the Fast and Furious movie is just... Well, yeah, the first uh, Mission Impossible was what, 96? Yep. Yeah. So, oh my God, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, we've got 20 years of Mission Impossible. <laughs> we do, we do. But uh, yeah, that's crazy that they would announce uh, release dates. Now, the insinuation here, the assumption here is that he that he's saying maybe, because this was Vin Diesel Instagram this, that 10 is the end, we're thinking? Yeah. We're thinking that's, they're saying yeah. that's, that's going to so be It's it. a good way to end. end <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. But w what do you think? I mean, there's been some rumors, but could we be looking at a spinoff? series Absolutely. like Hobbs the Dwayne Johnson character that's that's one and I joked and didn't joke on Twitter that like when are they going to magically age up Brian's son Paul Walker's <laughs> character's son who was like a baby a toddler last we saw him when will he show up as an 18 year old in yeah. like five, nine or ten yeah uh, I know you learned a few moves from my dad you know <laughs> yeah. and, like walking <laughs> right, right. and speaking and, you know? and yeah and, and <laughs> jumping a car into outer space yeah, uh, yeah so I just think that like a spinoff, there's no, you know, this has been insanely, you know, this was a, we're coming off a really big year for Universal where it's like Minions and Jurassic World and yeah. Furious 7 were all billion Straight dollar hits. Straight out of hits. Compton. Straight out of Compton. But just the fact that those three. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. They had three billion dollar hits. But for a long time, they've been searching for, they were having real problems in the franchise area. Fast and Furious has been. Yeah. The ongoing the thing. back born. Yeah. yeah. So I just think, yeah, they, they'll, even though that 10 might be the end of the Fast and the Furious There'll there'll be yeah. some something there though you know yeah. that can tether it. That that actually could probably become a TV show. Like and I think of it, you know, there, there's something again. It's like uh, if Vin Diesel can make a Riddick TV show. <laughs> oh yeah, what is going get, on with that anyway? I don't know. He just he said they're doing like it's like about the is bounty he, hunters of the mercenaries. Is of the he going to pop up on there, kind of like uh, uh, Cooper? He didn't Limitless? say, but I would guess so. Like yeah. because Riddick only exists as a franchise at all because of him. Like his yeah. And, and to his credit, even though I, I haven't loved anything since. Black to his enthusiastic credit, it's like you know, they keep making these movies every once in a while, and now apparently they're gonna do a TV show. So I bet he would show up on yeah, it, you know. I yeah. think he's he's nothing if not a, a, a self promoter and, and a great cheerleader for his for his project, yeah, his, his brand. Yeah, now we did mention a moment ago about um, Dwayne Johnson and mm -hmm. possibly you know, we'd love to see a Hobbs spinoff, but in the meantime, he's doing a movie version the old video game Rampage. Yes, he is. And uh, Carlton Cuse and Ryan Condal mm -hmm. are, are rewriting it. Now, uh, tell folks, you're our TV's uh, mm -hmm. guru. Uh, if they're not familiar, maybe they know well, those names. Yeah, Cuse is the one whose name you probably recognize because he's uh, not the co-creator, technically. J.J. Abrams' name in Lindelof created Lost, 
but Lindelof and Q's ran Lost, because obviously yeah. uh, J. Abrams just launched it and went off to make Mission Impossible 3. Yeah. Um, so Carlton Cuse's main th thing he'll, he's known for is uh, the co-showrunner of Lost for all six years, but his career goes way back before then, then to uh, Briscoe County with Bruce Campbell, <laughs> Nash Bridges, where him and Lindelof first worked together. Uh, and Wait, Lindelof worked on Nash Bridges? Oh, yeah. I didn't know uh, that. Sean Ryan did, too. A bunch of people worked on wow. Nash Bridges. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Damn. Pretty, yeah. It's, it's funny. Don it's, Johnson, bringing people together. So well, Don and all Chief. right, I'm going to go into a quick anecdote here because you'll like this. Ooh, um, okay. Damon Lindelof moderated a Chuck uh, panel I was once at at uh, Paley Fest. And he goes, now, it's interesting. You called your show Chuck just the main character's name. Because I worked on a show once, and I won't reveal the title of the show, but it was, it rhymed with Crash Cridges. <laughs> and the producer, the creator of that show told me, never name your show after the main character, because you can never fire the main actor, and you can be the biggest asshole of the whole time. <laughs> Don Johnson having a reputation right? for being difficult. Yeah. And that was, again, Lindelof said that on a panel that wasn't like a off-the-record There thing. are some yeah. great old Miami Vice anecdotes, like when yeah. he was basically at his full Shatner kind of ego, like Shatner yeah. on the old Trek. Uh, yeah, that's always kind of a, mm -hmm. a heartbreaker when, like, you know, I loved Sonny Crockett. But it's not a heartbeat like his hit song. <gasps> I had that album, dude. <laughs> oh, no, I you did. didn't. You I did. did. <laughs> I did, indeed. But back to Carlton Cuse. But back uh, to Carlton he's Cuse. He's, he's actually very prolific these days. Uh, he's got a bunch of shows on the air. He's one of the producers of The Strain, Bates Motel, and Colony with Ryan Condal. Uh, and the Colony just got renewed today as we're, we're taping this. So where do they have the time to work on this thing? And why would they want to do How this? How Cuse has the time. I'm actually moderating a panel with Cuse this weekend uh, in Atlanta with Base yeah. Base Motel. But Cuse is one of those guys like Berlanti where you're like, how, how are you do awake? Do you not sleep? Yeah, yeah what's going yeah. on? Uh, uh, he so also, I mean, he, he worked on the script for um, San, San Andreas. Andreas. Yeah. So, you know, he, Who's not? Who doesn't want to work with the Rock? Everyone wants to work with the Rock. Yeah. Uh, Matt Fowler tells me uh, I've, ne I've never interviewed the Rock. What? Uh, one day, help help me make you this never, happen. Never see. Yeah, I yeah. swear, like you probably just missed him. He's I running know. all the time. <laughs> um, one day, I hope to interview him. But yeah. uh, Fowler has told me he's interviewed him twice. That yeah, he's, he's just that charisma he has is you oh, feel dude. person, and he's he makes awesome. you feel like you are his friend and like he is engaged and if it's if he's faking it it's still power to him because he's Will got Smith that power has that too, but yeah the yeah. rock is just great like, yeah he's just awesome uh let's talk about this weekend is uh the super bowl mm -hmm. which you could give a rat's ass about you are not a sports that's guy that's the one with the football that's right okay the old pigskin ah. the old gridiron uh so yeah the best part be about them putting all the commercials online early is I don't have to watch the Super Bowl anymore. I, <laughs> I used to just watch it for the commercials, but like I used to, I used to organize game parties for people who don't care about the Super Bowl, and we'd play games, and then we'd be like, oh, commercial, commercial, and we'd all stop, and we'd like watch the commercials, and then we'd go back. But now we you don't know, have to do that. Look, I, I'm not Internet. a huge sports guy, but I, I feel like uh, sports, you know, and football, I think, is a good example of this. You know, sports are drama. You have your heroes, you mm -hmm. have your villains, you have the what's going to happen next. I mean, that's the essence of drama. Is sure. like there's the you know reversals of fortune yeah, and yeah. all sorts of stuff. So I, I think once you look at it as a narrative, then it's a little. I more get fun. that, and I tell people who can't believe I've Dress watched. Up in their costumes. I've watched. <laughs> I watched every single episode of Survivor, and I said to someone, I think it's it's my sports because yeah. people are like, but isn't it the same every year? I go, well, no. It's like that's what you would say about football, but it's like how do they play the game yeah. and what do they think of within the rules? And so yeah. I was like, yeah, Survivor is my sports. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right, this weekend they're going to have 
movie commercials. Mm -hmm. We don't know which one specifically for a lot of them. Yeah. We do know Eddie the Eagle will have a spot there. We do know that. We have it on the site. I've actually mm -hmm. seen the movie. It's really charming. Mm -hmm. I liked it. It's sure it's got a lot of the tropes of the, you know, true story underdog sports movie stuff, but it's 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 got a lot of charm. It's set in the 80s and it's had it has a whole 80s vibe to it, mm -hmm. like right down to the fonts on the uh, the credits and the, right. the score sounds like something you would hear in like Mr. Mom. Okay. You know? uh -huh. So it's got you know it's got a lot of a lot of charming stuff to it. It's uh, Hugh Jackman mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, Taron Edgerton mm -hmm. from Kick uh, Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Another movie from Matthew Vaughn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's got a spot there. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Mm -hmm. That American classic already <laughs> in the making. That's going to have a spot there. Uh, you know who's being coy? Fox. Mm. But some reports say Independence Day Resurgence will have a spot. X-Men, Apocalypse, and uh, Independence Day, I, I'm going to say right here, I'll bet anything. No, I won't <laughs> bet anything. But I, I'm pretty damn sure because the original Independence Day is tied to that Super, that Super Bowl spot is still talked about. Even though, even though there was already a teaser in theaters, it's mostly because of the internet. The internet existed, but there was no YouTube, so most people hadn't seen the teaser. Right. That was their real, like, oh, just the shot, the money shot of the White House blowing yep. up. They've got to come back, and they might even reference that ad or something. Yeah. I think that they have to. <laughs> 20 years ago, you were watching this game. <laughs> it's something like that's going to happen. Yeah. Now, I mean... Pretty sure X-Men and yeah. Deadpool will be there. I don't think this is some break with protocol to say that the stars of those movies are doing press in San Francisco this weekend, yeah. which just so happens to be where the Super Bowl is yeah. held. Uh, in fact, Olivia Munn is appearing on Up at Noon next week. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can see her on there. She's up in the IGN SF office. Play Psylocke, of course, mm -hmm. in X-Men Apocalypse. I, I think Deadpool, even if it doesn't have... Deadpool might not have a straight commercial because it's so it's a so about I to I mean, open. it opens up next week. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be some promotional tie-in, I'm guessing. X-Men, I think, we'll, I think we're going to get yeah. a regular 30-second spot. Now, for, here's yeah. the thing. Like, the X-Men Apocalypse trailer... <coughs> trailer? Yeah. Uh, it kind of was met with a whimper. Yeah. I mean, it didn't knock my socks off. It yeah. didn't turn me off of the movie, but it just sort of was, okay, mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. sort of there. I agree. What, yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah, that trailer that, came out, uh, that was like the glut of uh, Star Wars trailers, right? Yeah, I think we had the second uh, Bevis Dodge trailer, yeah, yeah. I would say. And Civil War was a couple weeks before. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a busy time in that one. Yeah, I do agree. It was kind of, eh. There is a tradition of X-Men marketing not being great. Uh, mm. Although I do think, um, I thought Days of Future Past first teaser was great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like very evocative, very emotional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Apocalypse one, I was like, eh. The Deadpool stuff has been killing Deadpool has been so well marketed. Yeah. And the fact that I was just you know saying, it's like Deadpool opens a month apart from Batman vs. Superman. Look, I know Batman vs. Superman is going to dwarf Deadpool's opening. I feel like the marketing for Deadpool has been so much better and like yeah. as far as grabbing people and being like we are giving you what you want uh, and just yeah. Batman Superman Warner Brothers doesn't have any spots uh, they haven't yeah. purchased any spots for the Super Bowl neither has Sony so don't expect any Ghostbusters That's stuff. That's the surprise to me by the way. I thought this would be their yeah. Ghostbusters debut. I thought because Why do you think they're not? I don't know. Um, I, I uh, yeah. Do, do they just not want a bunch of? And I hate to stereotype here, but a bunch of like guys who are half in the bag saying, "I don't want to see you no know, Ghostbusters with all women." I don't women. think so because 
the Super Bowl is sorry, the most, folks the, at home. But the Super that. Bowl is the most viewed thing of TV program of the year, and so everyone's watching it, right? Like I, as much as I, as much as I don't, uh, I know everyone's watching it. Yeah. People who don't watch football watch it, and so why wouldn't you? It does surprise me. Um, especially Fowler and I talked about this because I'm so angry about some of the reaction to Ghostbusters that I now want it to be a giant hit even if it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe because they just want to debut the full trailer uh, rather than like a quick spot because again, those commercials are so expensive. No one's going to debut yeah, like a Four to five million dollars. Yeah, so. for like 30 seconds. Yeah. So no one's going to debut their two minute trailer during the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, so I guess maybe they just want to make the splash on their own afterwards. I hope. I certainly hope it's not indicative that something's wrong with the movie. We yeah. have no, 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 we haven't heard anything about that. They have uh, been releasing images yeah, and, yeah. and character posters. So, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, Batman, Superman, Warner Brothers isn't buying a spot. However, it is possible that some sort of product placement spot for the movie will be in there. Yeah. We did see some Dr. Pepper kind of promotional stuff come out. Fandango's doing a thing for uh, it. So I, the it quarterbacks for each team are going to win a Superman and a Batman cape, I believe. <laughs> That's right. Consider it mercy. <laughs> oh, wait, no. Now I'm switching around Batman and Superman. Do you bleed? Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. Quite a bit. Clearly. <laughs> do you enjoy a refreshing Dr. Pepper? <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> uh, so, uh, well, we'll find out. Oh, Jungle Book will we'll have a spot. There. Okay. Not, uh, from what I understand, not Alice in Wonderland 2, okay. Through the Looking Guys. But Jungle it Book. Might, but Jungle Book will. See, that's a good example of like a movie that might not be on brand with Super Bowl as in like tough guys, football. But dad, But take me everyone to see this. watches, yeah, families are watching, and so you just want to get yeah, your show yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, all right, well, opening up this weekend, we have the Coen Brothers, Hail Caesar, which I quite enjoyed. Uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which Terry quite enjoyed. I, I, I wasn't able to make it to a mm-hmm. screening, so I'll just have to go and see it. Uh, actual pay, hard-earned currency. What? Yeah, or just watch it in the plane, one huh. of the two. Um, now, neither is tracking to do that well. Kung Fu Panda 3 will probably stay number one. Uh, Coen Brothers movies have never really had, like, Open bay. No, like, once True in, Grit was their biggest one. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and once in a while, I remember like, oh, brother, like being one of the ones that kind of broke out. And, and we're not saying it became like a giant hundred million dollar blockbuster, but found a bigger audience. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of their movies are these quirky little movies. They get huge stars in them, but no one is expects them to. It's, this is not the blockbuster Channing Tatum, George Clooney summer yeah. movie. You know, yeah. this is a Coen Brothers. Movie. I, I liked it. It was quite charming. Uh, although I will say, if you go in there expecting a lot of scenes with Jonah Hill, don't. He's in one scene. Okay. He's on the poster just to make you buy a ticket, but he's only got one scene. I think Channing and George, though, they, yeah. <laughs> they got to cover Channing's it. not in it too much, but he's uh-huh. a pivotal character. Okay. Uh, George is in it uh, throughout, and Josh Brolin is the main character, oh. though. So, uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Now, that's tracking around like 10 million. Uh, well, first of think? all, I think, okay, uh, and I, yeah, full disclosure, <laughs> Yes. Uh, college friend of mine, Seth Graham Smith, uh, wrote the book, but uh, did, did not write the movie. I think this movie took way too damn long to make. I mean, because that book was huge, Yeah. but several years ago. Yeah, it was like, what, six, seven years yeah, ago? And yeah, and so it, I, I mean, this movie's been in development hell for a long time. Natalie Portman's one of the producers, but Once Upon a Time was going to star in it. With David O. Russell. Right. Um, it, <laughs> so it just it. seems like now it's coming coming out years after the book was hot and years after like people have the zombie exhaustion mm-hmm. 
And it's still, as much as the book was a hit, it's still going to be a weird sell to people who aren't familiar with the book because it's like got this funny campy title. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, it doesn't surprise me it's not tracking well just because there's a lot of elements. Uh, one of the main ones being, yeah, that it took way too long after, at, what at the time was like a Well, big it's deal. not like Jane Austen movies are huge no. juggernauts either. They're usually art house films. And then also, frankly, I mean, horror comedies don't No, that's a, that's a great point. Yeah, mm-hmm. horror comedy is one of the hardest things to promote because it's it's a real niche thing, you know? I mean, Krampus I'm, is kind of an exception, but it was also, what, right. very low budget. Yeah, know? but yeah, you, it's more like you get more, your Slither, a movie I love. There's yeah. like a like, horror comedy, yeah, it rarely break out. They are destined for cultum, you know? Yeah. I'm glad to hear Terry and other people I've talked to like Pride and Prejudice Zombies. I hope I like it, but it sounds like it's a cult movie in the making, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's most often what happens with when you blend that genre. Yeah. Well, uh, we want to know what you guys are going to go see this weekend. I do have, however, one reader email before we call it a day here and keeping it real. All right. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. It's DC movies related. Okay. Uh, and let's see, George writes in, uh, you know, there's the rumor that Darkseid is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, we saw the Omega symbol in BVS. Uh, with the rumors that Darkseid is the ultimate big bad in Bivis Dodge, uh, do you think that DC Warner are potentially trying to get Darkseid, quote, out the door before Marvel and Thanos' grand reveal in order to th- reduce the, oh, DC are just copying Marvel and Thanos chatter from audiences? Even though Darkseid predates Thanos by three years in the comics, but not anybody really knows that. Now, is the rumor that Darkseid himself, like, is a villain, a tangible villain in this movie? There have been some rumors of that, but for all I know, it'll be like the end of Avengers and just the head turn to camera. Look, I I pray that's not true simply because I already am so nervous about Batman vs. Superman, and one of the things that makes me nervous is how much they're trying to tackle in one movie and play catch up and introduce so many elements, so many heroes, uh, and it looks like multiple villains. So it's fine to tease Darkseid and maybe even do your post credit scene, but man, to try to somehow have Darkseid show up at the end of the movie, explain who he is, <laughs> and have him fight Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman seems like a lot. So maybe they do want to, I think that it probably is correct that they want to kind of at least get Darkseid out there as a presence before Thanos right. is like, you know, even though we've seen him, he still hasn't been like the main villain. Yeah. Uh, but I doubt if he's actually just like, like a guy they're actually going to physically fight in this movie. Yeah. And it's funny because Apocalypse is going to beat them both as like, right. you know, <laughs> who's also sort of physically similar, that you whole, know. Yeah, there's... Somebody needs just a new outfit, okay, guys? Big rock heads and right, right. brows. And you all kind of just look like, you know, the gray version of Ben Grimm. To yeah, a certain yeah. Point. Anyhow. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, we'll be back next. Oh, actually, we Mom, will not be back next week. Don't lie to the people. Week. I know. I'm such a bastard. We have uh, a work event next week, so we're not going to be around next week. Uh, however, the UK guys will have a full review and spoiler cast for Deadpool, so keep it... Uh, keep your eyes out for that. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter at, at the Eric Goldman. Correct. Not like those loser impersonators. No, and at Jim Vavita. Mm-hmm. And uh, send us your thoughts at keepingitreal at IGN.com. And for all things movies, keep it here on IGN. Mm-hmm.